Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. It is a huge NBA, NFL, all things sports Monday. I'm Emmanuel Acho on the far end, Slick. Rick the Buker, I missed you, my friend. We didn't have a show Friday. I, I know, missed you, Slick. I know, but we got a full week, so we do. we're ready. We're, we're here for a long time and a good time. Dr. Joy Taylor, how you feeling? I'm great. I'm she vacated, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. What is the difference between a trip and a vacation? That is a question for you. The difference between a trip and a vacation. Eagles all-time Russian leader, LaShawn, Shady. McCoy. Do I feel short right now? You do right yeah, yeah, I think you're, okay. you're yeah, you need to be raised up a little bit. It's one of those. Stand up. It's one of those. You know what I mean? Like, you got to put the lever on the right. It's like a little thing. Oh, and then you just, okay, now yeah. you see. Now you're Now you're Now you're Now you're We'll fix this as we He might, he might disappear. Anyway, okay. Speaking of guys that might disappear, Dame Lillard. He's currently on the Trailblazers, but if y'all recall, they used their third overall pick to draft the point guard in Scoop Henderson. Now, rumors surrounding Dame's future have been at an all-time high. Reports say his agent will meet today with the team to discuss the franchise's direction. I am a man <laughs> See, I was doing it in solidarity. Oh, no. I was doing it in solidarity. I just know how to raise myself Cheers, back up. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Okay, Shady, here is my thought of the week. It's my biggest thought of the day with all the drama surrounding Dame Lillard. He gonna rip his jeans because he's straddling the fence. And if you straddle the fence, you might end up ripping your jeans. Dame Lillard needs to go ahead and demand a trade. He's trying to be the good guy, but get bad guy results. What in the world do I mean? When great players, regardless of what they have done for a franchise and how long they have been at a franchise, if they choose to leave more often than not, they will get reprimanded, regardless of how they choose to leave. Mm. I think about Russell Wilson, also in the Pacific Northwest with the Seattle Seahawks. Went to two Super Bowls, 1-1. He left. Went to the Broncos, and Seattle could not stand him. I think about LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers. He leaves. I know this firsthand because I was drafted to Cleveland the year after LeBron left. When I was drafted there, I'm looking for the big LeBron King James poster. It was gone, along with every single photo of LeBron James from the Q Arena, from that stadium. Because when a great player leaves, regardless of how they leave, you're going to feel some type of way. Dame Lillard is one of the most beloved players in the entirety of the NBA by every fan base. But if he does what he needs to do, demand a trade, oh, he might for the first time in his beautiful and illustrious NBA career become a villain. However, you got to get the results you want. And if you want to get those results, you got to be the bad guy. Slick, it's past time, dame time for him to demand a trade. I agree. I agree. It's time. And whether that makes him a bad guy or not. He's about to turn 33 years old next month, July 15th. Uh, he's, he's spent 11 seasons in Portland. He's risen from the guy that they drafted out of Weber State. Nobody, like, well, people weren't sure exactly what he was, to the guy who was like, hey, I'm an all-star. Pay attention to me. Like, I deserve, I deserve this recognition. Mm-hmm. Taking him to the Western Conference, validating all of that. And so what's left? He's 33 years old, and the one thing that he has not played for and the one thing that he's consistently said is, I want to play for a championship. And at this point, especially because he let it be known, I want to play for a championship. I want to bring a championship to Portland. And they had the number three pick, and they took Scoot Henderson. No offense to Scoot Henderson and what he expects to be, but he ain't getting him to a championship on a timeline that fits with Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. So... Whether it makes him a, a, a bad guy or not, without question, it is time for him to say, it's time for me to move on. Joy, you had a brilliant point on this pre-show because I do believe Dame should demand a trade only because that is what it will take for him to get out, in my opinion. What's your response? I mean, I would, and I think he should, but I am very hesitant to say that because I don't want Dame to turn into a villain. Dame is a very unique personality and a unique player around the league. Everyone loves Dame. Mm-hmm. Even 
if you're not a Trailblazers fan, you love Dame. But fans, universally, NBA fans love Dame. This is one of those conversations that's kind of weird to have because most fans don't want players to leave. Right. Most media members don't encourage players to leave. There is this stigma of chasing championships and not being loyal. And he's talked about wanting to stay in Portland for such a long time, year after year. And I think we have to respect that as much as we respect players leaving to try and win championships. But because of that, and I've seen it with a lot of players, when you do leave, people turn. Mm. I don't understand why. Particularly with Dame, we see how great he is. We imagine what would it be like for him to be around other great players in an organization that continuously sets up teams to go deep into the playoffs, which I don't think that the Blazers have done. But I've also seen fans go from loving a player to completely turning on them. But I would say that that's because, in Dame's case, it's because he's built his... Uh, the attraction on the fact that he's loyal. Fair, fair. Shady, I need you to get in here because you have been traded before. You've been a superstar player, so you can speak to this from experience and knowledge. Should he demand a trade? What's your thoughts? I, I, I think it's time. I think he should. I think he should demand a trade. I mean, and I hear what you guys are saying about being the villain. I, I think a certain players, it matches up with the villain role. So LeBron James, right? You take it back, you talked about LeBron. Yes, sir. I think it was different. First of all, LeBron, MVP, you know, GOAT conversation type of player, you know, coming in with the cast, he was the guy. Yeah. They were going to championships. They were going to the finals. They weren't winning. So when he left in his prime, it was like, yo, what's going on with this guy? He's the best. Why is he doing that? And I think for Dame, it's like we think Dame is one of the best, but he's not in the LeBron James category. Mm-hmm. Dame's a great, but he's not on that great conversation with the LeBrons and, all, and et cetera. And I think it's also like the teams, the franchise. Kevin Garnett, when he left the Timberwolves, it wasn't a big villain rules. Okay. He's done everything for this franchise he can do. He's so great. Let's let him leave and go get a championship with Boston. Mm. That's the same thing with Dane. Like, Portland's cool. I won't say anything great about Portland because I don't know nothing about Portland, but I wouldn't want to play there. But anyway, my thing is, like, <laughs> if Dame leaves Portland, he's done everything he could do for that franchise. Mm. He's so great. Fans in Portland, let that man go. <laughs> Please, y'all, we, y'all holding him back. Two years ago, they trade C.J. McCollum. I'm thinking about, you talked about me getting dra- or, um, traded. Like, okay, so I got Deshaun Jackson. I got Jeremy Macklin. Okay, we, we, we trade him. We, we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You trade C.J. McCollum. It's like, coach, what are, are we trying to win? We can't be. Mm-hmm. Then you go out here and you draft a, 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 a Scoot Henderson, yep. who's a player that has to develop. We're in the same position. How can he develop? And you want to develop your, your third overall pick right. for the future. Portland, let him go. I think where you go matters. And we don't put enough stock into that. Shady made a brilliant point. Slick and Shady had a great conversation before the show off camera. I'll bring it on camera about Kevin Garnett. But from what I recall and having to go back and fact check myself, KG didn't go to a Celtics team that was good. He didn't go to a Celtics team that was historically in the NBA Finals in the last five or ten previous years. Not historically, obviously, the Celtics have won several chips. But if they were to go to some of the proposed destinations, Mm -hmm. the Miami Heat, been to two NBA Finals in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the Lakers could use them. Won the NBA fin- won the NBA chip in 2020. We're in the conference finals just last year. Sixers. <laughs> As Shady whispers the Sixers. I think where you go matters because fans, as much as they love you, yeah. they love the name on the front of the jersey more than they love the name on the back of the jersey. So if you go to greener pastures, they will care more than if you go, you know with LeBron when he went to the Heat. But I think that only applies to Blazers fans. Yes. And Dame is not just for the Blazers. Like, Dame is a player that everybody around the NBA enjoys watching. Mm -hmm. So while Blazers fans might feel burned, and they might be salty about it, which is, that's fine. Like, that fan base is allowed to feel that way. When LeBron did it, when KD did it, and he can go down the list of other players, there's a response from the whole NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with Shady. LeBron is a completely different yeah. situation. Yeah, a monster. I, and, and a lot of ways, I think KD is similar. Yeah. MVP, like, they're MVPs. Yes. yes. So that yes. matters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but w- w- with, with Dame, I think part <laughs> of it is because of what Slick said, that he's talked about it so much. But... I just, it's very difficult for me to see Dame in the villain role. Like, he's just so beloved around the NBA. That's why this conversation is so odd, because so many people mm. want him to see, want to see him deep That's into the great. postseason. They want to see him be able to compete for a championship, and no one really believes he can do it in Portland. But how will they feel once it's actually activated? But, because why would he leave to go anywhere else other than someone who is actually in a position to compete? If he wasn't fair. going to do that, he would just stay in Portland. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I do think <coughs> some of the attraction is the idea 
that he wants to bring a ring to Portland. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. And so he's going to lose a little bit of that, right? Well, he's going to lose all of that if he leaves Portland. Well, but I think there's a little bit, I, I think because of his age, I think because he's 33, I think because they had a chance to pivot right here and take that number three pick and say, you know what, no matter what, Dame, you're our guy. You want to play for a championship here. We're going to help you do that. Drafting Scoot Henderson's not doing that. So it gives him that out that I told you I want to play for a championship and I want to play for a championship now. Yeah. And they went, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go ahead and take Scoot. You know, I I get the villain part, but, like, you don't think uh, uh, a franchise, the fans, you don't think they start feeling bad for this guy? Got a superstar player here. There are fans who do. You know, it's like, you know what? Sure. Dame, you did so much for us. We're gonna let you go. You deserve to get a championship. He deserves it. Imagine having Damian Lillard. <laughs> well, I won't even go with the Sixers because I want my Sixers. But uh-huh. let's say, let's say in prime time television, conference games, finals, Damian Lillard. Compared yeah. to playing Damian Lillard with, with, with the with the with the, the, the uh, um, Charles Blazers, they they play a couple of games. He's gonna have his maybe 50, 60 point game. They might lose that games too. And there's nothing else other than just. Him performing because he's a great player. This is the one thing I'll push back on, though. Is this, we've gotten into this idea like players play a certain amount or they're, they reach a certain level. They deserve – you said it. They deserve a ring, mm-hmm. right? Or they deserve to compete for a ring. I'm like, not everybody gets that. Yeah. Like, no, I disagree. Yeah. I, I disagree with that. I think once you've, once you've shown loyalty or whatever it is, once you've put in the time with an organization that's drafted you, once you've shown that you're trying to compete and win – and you've, you're playing at a high level and you're dedicated and you take care of your body and you show up and you're the leader. And year after year after year, a, a great player can only do so much. They, they don't draft players. They don't develop players. They don't bring in free agents. They don't set up the roster. They don't hire the coaches. Do they have influence? Sure. But not as much influence as we make it seem in the media or fans think. So if a player shows up and does all that and we can see that it's not the player that's holding them back, that there is, there's a clear lack of talent, there's a clear lack of development from the yeah. organization, there's a clear lack of direction drafting Scoot Henderson, once everyone can see that there, it's now outside of that player's control, I do think you, have, you deserve to control your destiny and make choices that line up with what everyone competes for, which is championships. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not faulting a player who wants to go someplace else and because he doesn't think he can win a championship in a particular place. He makes place. it clear he wants a championship. He makes but it clear. The ideology that he deserves the ring exactly. because he's been somewhere for 10 it, or 11 years. Yeah, and, and, it, 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 and it immediately assumes that Damian Lillard is a championship-caliber player. I don't know that. That's my favorite part of all of this. I hope he goes somewhere wow. else because I like closure as a sports fan. Yeah. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. We were like, ah, they can't, Brady can't win without Belichick. But well, we found out. We got closure because mm-hmm. Brady left. Mm-hmm. This year with I, the Baltimore, with the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, I'm going to get closure. Greg Roman's been holding Lamar Jackson back. Mm-hmm. Thank God he got a new OC. We going to find out. Russ, is he washed or not? Well, Sean Payton's there. So now we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. With Dame, I'm with you, Slick. We treat Dame, and to some degree rightfully so, as though he is a champion. But that word champion, and Shady knows because you've won twice, that word champion is reserved for a few. Everybody can't become one. Chris Paul, one of the best point guards of all time, one of the best, he does not yet earn that title of champion because he has not yet gone out there and taken it. So I can't wait. I'm, I'm ready for the closure of so, it all. So hold on. So, I, I mean, the damn question was crazy if he's a champion. I, I, that's cool. But when I look at, like, sports figures and players, you tell telling me that when you put uh, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Before LeBron won a championship, did you think he was a, a champion? No. no. So you put him, hold on, you put him in the right situation. Mm-hmm. And then he became a champion. Yes, sir. I think Dame is in that same boat. You put Dame with the right pieces, right franchise. He could be. Right, right he players. Could be. He, he could, could be a champion. He could so be. He could but be. my thing is, like, y'all saying is like, well, nobody's a champion until it happens. Correct. correct. Because think about, think about, let me go here real quick. the situations, though. But think about, even LeBron, when he teamed up with the Heat, Joy knows it well, she watched it. I actually went to two of those games as a Mavs fan. Even when LeBron teamed up with the Heat, his first year, he wasn't a champion. Nope. He still had to become a close to a champion that next year. Man. So that being said, uh, he, was, were in the he, he was in they the right. finals. Correct. I didn't say they were in the finals before they even like really gelled together. Correct. Before they knew the roles. But he still had to become a champion. Okay, he, well, he was okay. in the right situation. Sure, but, but, but we're arguing if whether, the, what, the four finals was it four or three. Four, four of them. Come on. We're arguing whether he's a championship level player. He's obviously not a champion because he doesn't have a ring. Yes. But a championship level player. Like, there's only a few players 
in any league that we are like, if we put them in the right situation, they'll have the ability to compete for a championship. But you're, not, you're not, you're not going to just get a championship. Agreed. But don't you think we've witnessed it now more than ever? Now more than ever, Jimmy there Butler. is a fine line. I was going to say Jason Tatum, but also Jimmy Butler. Butler. There's a fine line between somebody who's a championship-level player and a champion. I believe Jason Tatum is a championship-level player. We saw it. He was in the NBA Finals just last year. Championship-level player. But there is that great chasm, Joy, between championship-level player and champion. Of course. The difference is winning and not winning. Yeah. But he's a championship-level player. Correct. That just is yeah. cool. But there are a lot of those. That's not cool. There are not a lot of championship-level players. Jimmy Butler. Championship-level player. I'd say Luka's a championship-level player. I would say just about every all-NBA player, first team, second team, third team. So before, Kev before Kevin uh, um, Garnett won a championship, was he? What was he? Championship-level player. So my thing is, yo, if you put them type of players with the right organization and the right team, Around him, they could be champions. They could be. But what would you say James Harden was? He's a championship-level player. I've never thought that. But mm. you, nah. can't, you but can't call someone watch, a championship if the they, they haven't won. But there are de there are only they're not that many championship-level players. Like, the top players in the NBA are championship-level players. Correct. But to me, there's, a, there's just a – I don't brag about being a championship-level player. I can't, like, esteem and all hail a championship-level player because in my mind, there are 15 to 20 of those. But champions – that's where it just gets like to be the galvanizing force of a championship team. That's where there are but just I don't, fewer. I'm confused. So what is his name? TBD. He right you now. You don't is a know if he's a championship level player. He's a championship level player. That to me just isn't worth. But well, talking. okay. But hold on a second. Are we like? Are we guaranteeing that if he goes to the Miami Heat, what does that mean? They, like they, they, the Heat beat. If, Bucks, if, they beat so, they beat the Knicks. Okay, the Bucks, the Knicks, but, but and I'm, they I'm beat, saying uh, Celtics. If they, if they go to the without Dame, without Dame, exactly. And every, oh, exactly. And, and, and everything we talked about on this show was how the Heat had regular players, yeah. Bam, and they yep. had Jimmy. Yeah. You put you put Lillard in there. What you think? That that Nuggets. So that's so, a way harder series. So for him to be, I mean, if they get back to the finals with Dame, Ooh. but they don't win it, but they don't win it. They've done the so, exact was, same thing that this they is a, this did. Is a, this is a one one year thing. Well, he's 33. I don't know how many, I don't, I mean, how many runs they're going to have. That's what they, I mean, I'm, I'm saying now, basketball guys, they go on 36, 37 balling. Mm -hmm. okay. So my question is, hold on real quick, put you on the spot. Yeah. Are you saying this is a one-year thing? I'm asking, this is a one-year thing? I, I live my life only one year. To I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You give him two, three years? Yeah. He has to win a championship. Yeah. If he does not win How about the Heat? With the Heat? Yeah. So yes. how do it you would be an indictment. It would be an indictment on Dame Lillard if he mean? went to the Heat. What do you mean? He's never been to the oh. finals. What are you talking about? If he went to a team like See, the Heat. See, we're already starting it. If he we're already starting it. Yeah. What, what is it? What is it that we're starting? We're already starting building up the villain conversation. That no, if no, he, no, if no, he no, leaves no, and no, he doesn't no. win a championship. We're building up an expectation. Why did he leave? We're building up an expectation. That is my truth. If you're going to leave Championships are hard to win. Okay, but if you're going to leave Portland and you're going to say, I'm going to go to Miami because they're one piece away and I'm that missing piece, and yeah, then they don't win a championship? That's just where I stand. Like, as it stands right now for me with James Harden, you were better off staying in Houston. If you weren't going to go win nothing, you might as well just be in Houston, go to the clubs, I mean, put up why? 40 why, games. Why can't you keep trying? How, how you know that? See, I look at Dame and, 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 and uh, Harden different. Like, I, I don't know if, if winning championships like, is Harden's main thing I want to do. Where Dame is clear, I, I think, yo, he wants to win the chip. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Look, give me 40 a game. See the club. Where we at? Well, coming up, we know somebody definitely wants to win a chip. It's Chris Paul. In case you missed that breaking news at the end of last week, he's headed to Golden State to join the Warriors. But are the Warriors actually any better with CP3, or did they take a step back? That's next he's on Speak. He's a championship-level player. What are you talking about? every day on that the Fox Sports Channel. Serious XF. Hey college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. 
Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Time for our top story sponsored by Chase. Chase for business. Make more of what's yours. Chris Paul is trying to make the most of his career. He is headed to the Golden State Warriors, the greatest basketball team in the last 10 years. Future Hall of Famer was sent there in a trade that included Jordan Poole to the Wizards. Now, the Warriors fell short in the playoffs, lost to the Lakers. Head coach Steve Kerr said, quote, well, about the Warriors, they needed a shift without giving up the team's identity. Shady, I know you were passionate about this one when you heard about the news. Chris Paul, one of the yep. greatest point guards in the history of basketball, joining one of the greatest basketball <clears throat> teams in the history of basketball when you think about the last 10 years. Does Chris Paul actually make the Warriors better? I think he does, right? When, when it first happened, I was skeptical. Like, ah, oh, I mean, he's older. Is it going to work out? We got Jordan Poole, 24, he's young. Even though he was a disaster this year, he's still young. I love it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reason why I love it is just because who Chris Paul really is. He's a floor general. Yep. On that second team, he comes in there, demanding the, 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 the uh, um, um, picking rolls, getting guys open shots. What we need, there was so many turnovers with the second unit when Steph went off the court and Jordan Poole got on the court. That's one thing. And, and, and how I'm so confident about it is because this weekend, yep. I, met it, I met and I ran into a great Gary Payton. And we were talking about, you know, the, 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 uh, the new trade, et cetera. And one point he made that was excellent. He said, other than this, the turnovers, which, you know, as a point guard, you can't do. He said, but people forget how well um, Clay Thompson and, and um, Steph Curry, how they play off the ball. Mm-hmm. He said, so now all this room, all this space, right? If you want to do the pick and roll with, with Draymond Green, because Draymond Green's coming back. And then you got Steph running around and Clay, so much space. Yes, that's a great mixture. It's a great matchup. I love it. And then the last part, I think, with, with, with CP3 is, like, at this age, he just wants to win. Mm-hmm. People always talk about, oh, well, mm-hmm. is he okay with backup stuff? Curry? Yes, he's okay with that. He was bad this year, hmm. but the last three, four years, he's been an all-star. So I like the move, and I'm happy that they, they got it done. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh. Uh, the reason I hate it, and Shady, this is because of what you talked about last week before you talked to the great Gary Payton. It's, um... This is a prime example of the grass not being greener on the other side being greener where you watered it. People think, well, Chris Paul's better for the Warriors than Jordan Poole. No, Chris Paul's better than a punched Jordan Poole. Chris Paul wasn't better than a non-punched Jordan Poole. And I want to tell you who would be a bad teammate? A punched in the face Chris Paul. He'd be a bad teammate too. So I don't like Chris Paul to the Warriors because the Warriors are essentially bringing sand to the beach. Chris Paul's greatest attribute is his leadership. Well, the Warriors' collective greatest attribute is their leadership. Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, they are the most well-led team in basketball in the last half decade or decade, if you want to call it. I don't need more leadership. I need more athleticism. I need more scoring. I need more defense. I need more length. But I don't need more leadership. If you want to talk about needing more leadership in the second unit, you can figure out how you want to do your rotation in order to acquire that. But more than anything, it's... You're bringing a guy who's a phenomenal leader to a team that doesn't need leadership. Enjoy. That's why I don't think Chris Paul makes the Warriors better. And truly, that's why I didn't like the trade to begin with. <sighs> I'm just, I'm torn because I think there are teams that Chris Paul would make better. Agreed. Who really need what Chris Paul brings to the table. Agree wholeheartedly. It does feel a little bit like sand to the beach. You have more of something that you didn't really need. But I, I, you know, I guess I was wrong about the Jordan Poole thing, and it mattered a little bit more than I thought. Or maybe Jordan just got very comfortable. Sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. People get comfortable in spaces they have no right to be comfortable in, and it just seems like he wasn't working there. And it was a, it was a bunch of different things. And so maybe Chris fits the environment better. He's older. He's he's more serious of a person. He wants to win. He's willing to, you know, back up Steph Curry. I just think from for, for a very not a very old team, but an older team and a player that hasn't really been able to be available in the biggest moments, which Golden State Warriors are a team that prepares and is built and plays for the biggest moments. You'd like to have a little youth. So maybe it wasn't Jordan Poole was the youth that you needed, but I mean, if Chris Paul can stay available, but how many times have I said that statement? A lot, a lot. You could say that Jordan Poole wasn't available at the biggest moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year. Present and unavailable. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> like, physically he was there. Like, he was on the court. A playable. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, does it make? Yes. Yes, I believe it makes him better. Does it make him perfect? Is it the perfect fit? 
I wouldn't go quite that far. I can make a case where they can make it work and make it fit. But does it make them more mature as a team overall and yeah. how they're going to play? Yes. Does it make them more intelligent? Of course. Yes. yes. Does it, yes. Is it going to make them more efficient? Yes. Sure. Yes. So, but Slick, do they need any of those things in they excess? They they, we they all do. could use more of that. Drinking do. water Ooh. is great. They but do. Do, you can always drink more water. But do they need to be more intelligent? A team led by Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steve Kerr? Man, How many league. championships is on that team? You're saying that, but what about the same team came in? All they did is turn the ball they over. They led Don't, the league in turnovers. Yeah. Like, that's not intelligent. And you bring a, and you <laughs> and the, now you bring a floor general in there. And the guy, Jordan Poole, was the guy who per minute played, had the most turnovers. A lot. So you're getting that out of the way. And I really do believe, and Steve Kerr has sort of intimated at it, like we think about the Warrior system being so unique, right? And it is. The way they run, they don't play as much pick and roll, although last year they played a lot more. Wow, last year, yeah. yeah. Is, well, but how well is that system working? Mm-hmm. Like what they're looking at is we may need to play a different way. They led the league in pace uh, last year, and everybody's like they, they, they play fast. That's how they That's how they what? Because they didn't win. Like, they weren't successful playing at pace. And by the way, the other team that played at pace, tied with them, San Antonio. Los Angeles Lakers played at a high pace. Memphis Grizzlies played at a high pace. Lakers slowed down in the postseason. So the idea that you're going to get Chris Paul and you're going to play slower is not necessarily a bad thing. You look at the Denver Nuggets. They could play fast or they could play slow. You need to be able to do both. And what we saw from the Warriors last year, particularly when Steph Curry was off the floor, is they could only play fast, which is why they had all those turnovers, why they were inefficient. And so Chris Paul can bring this different style to them, and I think he still remains one of the best at playing. And another you just said, like, you talked about bringing Sands to the beach. I I don't see that, right? You always have extra. And then another thing is, like, what happens on the second group? When you keep talking about all these turnovers – a lot of them turnovers with the Warriors were in the second group. Mm-hmm. A lot of them dumb, dumb errors in the second group. So mm-hmm. now he's going to be part of that second group, controlling that. And then, like, the last time I seen CP3 with a team with so much space, with so much shooters, was the Rockets, right? Mm-hmm. Where they barely, they, they barely lost to the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Game seven, right? They, they, they could have easily been in the, the finals. So my thing is, like, yo, I, I love this move. Only issue is, the only small issue, I don't know if it's small, but one of the issues is, is on defense. How can you play, you know, Paul Curry on defense? You got to find that out. Shady, my other issue, though, is remember Jordan Poole averaged, I believe, 20.7 or so points per game of the Warriors' 120. In that second group, who's getting buckets? That's the other thing. Like, if Jordan Poole could do nothing else, if he could do nothing else, he could get a bucket. We can all agree on that. He could get a bucket. Obviously, in the playoffs, it started to get a little sick. Who's going to score? Because if you put Chris Paul out there, with Draymond Green, say you put Kaminga out there, it depends on what wigs you have. Clay clearly can't create his own shot anymore. He was never the greatest at creating his own shot, but he can't create his own shot anymore. Who's going to score points for one of the most prolific offenses? Another thing Gary Payne talked about, or we talked about, I brought this up to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Flex my chest a little bit. <laughs> now that you get that, that, that contract from Jordan Poole off the books, yep. they're going to bring some players in there. Not with- this year. Yeah, but I'm saying, going Moving forward, forward yeah. they're going to have some money to move. Okay, we can get this, we can get that. I mean, because, you know, CP3 is older. I don't see him playing the next, what, four years with the Warriors. Right. But we're going to have some room to wiggle and, and get some players. And you, points, right? Mm-hmm. Assist is kind of points, too. So if, I'm, so if I'm averaging 12, 14 points, yep. and Chris points. Paul, and I'm, and I'm creating another 8 to 10 points, yep. that's over 20, bro. He, like, that's over 20, bro. You look at what he's done. He's always created shots for other guys. Lesser right. scorers, mm-hmm. he's created shots. But he's gotten his two. Let's not forget. Yeah, that's uh, both yeah, of them. Yeah, that's, that's but he averages, that's he averaged 14 and averaged 14, 9. I'll yes. take his 14, yes. nine, 14 and 9 over, over pools 20 Turnovers. any day. Because not only am I getting more diversity, but those other guys that I'm getting buckets for, you don't think if I'm getting Kaminga a couple Confidence. buckets, he's not going to play defense yeah. harder? But then, then I'm standing around watching Jordan Poole go crazy, and now i got to go back and get the ball because right. – he won't play anyone mixtape, volume eight. I mean, doesn't he have to be available to do that? 
Come on, stop bringing no, no, that up. That's the inconvenient truth here. I, I mean, yeah, like, sorry. Just, I mean... But he's not playing. He's not going to be playing 30-something minutes now. Though. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's not going to be the main that. guy. I, I, and, I, that, and that matters. No, I hope it does. I want, I would, yeah. I want to see but this work. Let's, but, but it is an inconvenient truth but that he's had some problems being available at the end of the season. And what, we're not really talking about this move as a regular season move. Correct. The Golden State Warriors are going to be in the postseason. And we've seen more and more that where you're seated doesn't really matter. I yep. mean, the heat, it certainly didn't matter to the here's, here's my thought. Because Jordan Poole came on the scene really not this year but the year before. If you were to substitute the last two years Jordan Poole for Chris Paul, I do not believe the Warriors would have fared better. And I guess in all of this talking, that's why I land on my statement. If Chris Paul had to pay, play the minutes that Jordan Poole had to play in the Warriors championship year, like Joy has said brilliantly, he would have gotten injured. Chris Paul, Jordan Poole was putting up 29, 31, 33 minutes a game in the absence of Steph Curry to start the series last year. If Chris Paul had to do that, the Warriors would not have been better. This year, Jordan Poole was not great. He was not the reason that the Warriors did not go to the NBA Finals, let alone win the NBA Finals. So if I look That's at Chris Paul, sure. But he wasn't the reason. If I look at Chris Paul and substitute Jordan Poole for Chris Paul in the last two years, I don't think the Warriors would have had better results. Why, 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 I mean, why do you, hold on, I'm sorry, Joe, why do you, why you, it's like, I guess for your argument's sake, you'd have to put the two years in there. We can't go by that. That shit's over with. We talking about, we talking about right now, today. Jordan Poole this year was terrible. After the punch, he was way different. So can we please live on that? Do you, and, and, and Chris Paul now, and, and Jordan Poole now, I'm taking Chris Paul. I'm not disagreeing. What I'm saying is you watch the Lakers series more intently than anybody, okay. I would suggest, because right. you love the Lakers, right. you love the Warriors. If Chris Paul was on the Warriors team, I don't think the Warriors are beating the Lakers. I still think I, Chris I, Paul's going to get I don't know that. This is what I will say. I, it'll be at a better shot. But you know, he couldn't play no defense. First, so Lonnie Walker still you know, want to go. The boy was unplayable. Yeah, they couldn't when play. You, when you they couldn't play. They couldn't play Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole take him out. Yeah. Man, I sort of got Steve Kerr might have pulled all his gray out. Every time he got the ball, oh, get him out of there. <laughs> like you can't even play him. This is true. This is true. We got to get out of here, head to our next topic. When we return, the drama is building around Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. But this time, it's great drama. Can we see Rodgers return to MVP form? That is next on Speak. Will he shake up the NFL? Will he do it? Baseball is back, and so is Slippin' Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back -back MVPs before an underwhelming, and I mean completely underwhelming, season last year. But his OC, Nathaniel Hackett, he's reunited with them. Remember, Hackett was with Rodgers in the MVP seasons, now back with the Jets. The question, though, is Rodgers still one of the best? Someone said, quote, I just want to see Aaron Rodgers play some of the best football he's ever played in his career, close quote. That was Nathaniel Hackett, his OC. He just wants to see him play some of the best football he's ever played in his career. Shady, you know how good Aaron Rodgers has been in his career. You played against him a lot. You beat him sometimes. You lost other times. Could we see Aaron Rodgers get back to that MVP season? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it. It's adding up. I think his MVP years, right? His office coordinator was Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, sir. He's there now. Young talent, not not the same talent he had in, in Green Bay in, in, in his MVP years, but they're younger. I can see them getting there eventually, mm -hmm. somewhere, somehow. And I think that the last part is like the question. I'm like, can I can I tweak it a little bit? Please do, please do. I don't know if we'll get his last latest MVP numbers like 48 and five. Yeah, that's crazy. Touchdowns and picks, or was it 37 to four? That's different. But I do, think that, that. I do think that he will be on the MVP like list. I don't know if it's going to be fifth, second, sixth. <laughs> he's going to be on there. I think he's going to be super efficient. I think they're on winning games. I think he's going to go from, as voters, you look at, okay, the Jets have been a bad organization, bad team, right? Now they're like, 
have a chance to win the NFC East, which he may do. So, yeah, I, I truly think he could, we can mm. see him at the MVP caliber. Hmm. That's the word. Yeah. MVP caliber. Yeah. Hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Aaron Rodgers will be in the MVP conversation. I don't yeah, think yeah. we will see his low season when he had 26 touchdowns mm. and four interceptions. I don't think we'll see his high season when he had 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. I think it will be somewhere in between. Mm. I think it'll be right around 35 touchdowns and eight picks, 35 touchdowns and seven picks. But most importantly, if the Jets are an 11 or 12 win team, the Jets that were a seven-win team last the year. The Jets. If those Jets that haven't been to the playoffs since 2011, if that same Jets team wins 11 or 12, makes it to the playoffs, y'all don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the MVP conversation? A highly debated topic on this show. And, Joy, you bring it up and you've brought it up with previously with Dave Hellman. It's not like the Heisman, the best player in college football. The MVP is the most valuable player. Mm. If the Jets go from a seven-win yeah. team that ain't made the playoffs since 2011 to an 11 or 12-win team that makes the playoffs for the first time in over a decade, it would be hard to argue that Aaron Rodgers is not more valuable than any quarterback, than any player in the National Football League. Because I would suggest before I close, even if Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, was not on the Chiefs. I believe Aaron, uh, Andy Reid would find a way to win seven or eight games. Okay. I believe Andy Reid would find a way to win eight or nine games. And that's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But we're talking value. You, you just took it from, and I'll let Joe go next, but you just took it from MVP conversation to winning the MVP. You just took it all the way there and said, this is why he could win MVP. Mm. Are you standing by that? I'd stand, I'd stand by it. I'd stand by Zero it. Zero to 100 real quick. Wait a minute. I, I, oh. Emmy, Emmy, either say it with your chest or don't, okay? Don't, I, I, I stand by it. No, I, I need a little bit more than that. You going to get some oomph? Put you on the hot seat. <laughs> it's the reason I'm torn. To win MVP, you got to go crazy statistically. Crazy work. 38 touchdowns, 48 touchdowns, five picks, or your team has to be great. Mm -hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers will do one of the two. I don't think he'll do both. <clears throat> well, the, the NFL MVP is very different than the NBA MVP. Only quarterbacks win the NFL MVP traditionally. And to your point, you got to have a great record and you got to put up numbers. Mm -hmm. They don't make the concessions of, oh, well, the Jets weren't in the playoffs for this yep. long and now you got there and they made the playoffs. Voters don't do that, particularly for a position as valuable as the quarterback and whose numbers that we focus on so much. So they're, they're not going to make that concession. Oh, it's a 10-win team. They won seven. They ain't doing that. They're not, they're not going to do that. His numbers would have to be obscene in order for that to happen. To be in the MVP conversation, cool, that's cute. I mean, there were a lot of players last year that were in the MVP conversation that at the end of the year were nowhere near actually winning the MVP. Mm -hmm. I came down to two guys, and those two guys were the quarterbacks of the number one seeds in the respective conferences. Right. So at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the elite of the elite who are actually at the top and, and realistically in the MVP conversation. I don't think we're going to see that for multiple reasons from Aaron Rodgers this year. You know, sometimes we got to do this shady, we got to hate. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I got to keep it real. It's what I get paid to do. Devontae Adams is not walking through that door. He's not. And, and, and I don't care what people say, Devontae Adams was a massive part of those MVP years. I, I even think that Aaron Rodgers might say that Devontae Adams played a huge role in that. Mm -hmm. Another factor in this is that they are no longer playing, he is no longer playing in the NFC North. He is now in the AFC East. Mm -hmm. You are not walking through this division. Not at all. You're just not. It's going to be harder for you this year, even with the talent that you have with the Jets. Obviously, you don't have Devontae Adams. You have a nice receiving core, but it ain't Devontae, who, if we keep it real, is probably the best receiver in the league, and they had an unbelievable relationship. Also, Mentioning the division. In the 2020, one of his back-to-back -back MVP years, he played against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. Their defensive rankings were 29th, 14th, and 32nd. The second year he won the MVP. Minnesota Vikings, 24th. Bears, 22nd. Detroit Lions, 31st in defensive rankings. That's not the case. That helps. Mm -hmm. Playing in that division and putting up those obscene numbers that's that he true. did help. That's true. Not hating. It just is what it is. People used to say this about Tom Brady playing in the AFC East when the AFC East was down. It doesn't matter. You can't help who you play, but it does matter. And that's not the situation with the Jets. But here's what's interesting to me, because I was thinking about the Devontae Adams point as you were making it and slightly before you were making it. Garrett Wilson mm -hmm. is the most talented prospect Aaron Rodgers has ever played with a wide receiver. Prospect. 
Think about it. None of those players that Aaron Rodgers played with their wide receiver were drafted in the first round, just off GP. Secondly, you already know Garrett Wilson went to Ohio State. A lot of Aaron Rodgers receivers, Jordy Nelson went to K-State. Uh, James Jones went to San Jose State. Greg Jennings, I don't even know where he went, but I know it wasn't like it wasn't one of those national prominently football schools. So Devontae Adams, he played with Derek Carr, so he must Fresno have went State. to Fresno, Fresno State. State. Fresno State. Garrett Wilson went to Ohio State yeah. and had 1,100 yards with Zach Wilson and company. So I would have to assume, Joy, that Aaron Rodgers— They keep some wideouts. On deck. Now, you know they're going to keep some on deck. <laughs> I would have to assume that though Garrett Wilson is not Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or James Jones or Greg Jennings, that he got to be able to do some of that. 1,100 yards as a rookie, hard to do. But I think most importantly, the question, Joy, is, and you bring up the great point, can Rodgers win 12 or 13 games? Mm-hmm. If he can do that, I think he's going to be there when it's He'd all said He'd have to do that, win 12 or 13 games, which I do not think they're going to do, or his numbers would have to be, I mean, just unspeakable, yeah, like something we've plus. never yeah, seen in the plus. history of the NFL. You, you guys are trying to make a case that's not selling. I got to tell you, <laughs> right? Because you agree, like, the conference, I mean, the, the division is much harder yes. than yes. what he's had yes. previously. And I'll even give you that Garrett Wilson could possibly be in the realm of a Devontae yeah, Adams. has to be, eventually. But are they going to have the same running game? Again, there's a question mark. They They're could. They could. They could. But I seem to remember that Green Bay, the last two years that he was there, they had a pretty damn good running game there as well, right? Yeah. And, and here's the other part that we don't want to talk about because it's not sexy. Uh-oh. There's a huge difference in the offensive lines. Well, and you're talking about a guy who's two years older. They were, the offensive line in Green Bay in 2020 was ranked second in the league. Mm-hmm. 2021, it was 14th, and that was with David Bakhtari getting hurt, I think, halfway through the season. Yeah. This the, the Jets have a horrendous offensive. They've been line. injured. They was they were injured. Yeah, and a lot healthier so this year. We'll see. We'll uh-huh. see how much better they can get. But I take the unfamiliarity of his wide receivers along with that off that shaky offensive line. Yes, he can get the ball out quick. But as you guys know, that familiarity with your receivers in terms of getting it out it quick and where they're going to go. That matters. So, so that matters. I don't know how he gets to those numbers. I, do I think he's going to be better? Without question, he's motivated to be better and get them someplace that they haven't been. Do I think he's going to be vintage Aaron Rodgers? I just, I don't know that this situation lends itself to that. That is a great point. And I think it's almost a question that cannibalizes itself by the answer because in order for the Jets to be great, I don't think he needs to be vintage Aaron Rodgers. I think he mm. needs to be really yeah, good be Aaron good. Rodgers. But if, if Aaron Rodgers throws 48 touchdowns with the Jets, there's a problem. <laughs> like, like, Brees Hall, where were you? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? If he yeah, throws yeah, yeah, 48 yeah, yeah. touchdowns, I'm like, Shady, what would I do? And, and, and I think, like, like, like I mean, Joy made a great point because I don't know if I'm agreeing with the, the prospect of, because Devontae Adams is like, he's he, like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I think for him to be, like, really, really good to be in the MVP conversation, just be consistent, right? Win games. Win games and be, and be efficient. I think he can do that. I don't think we need to have 48 touchdowns. Yeah. So that's, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he need to have that. So that raises the other question. I, like, and they're going to run the ball, too. Have like, to. I don't know that he has to be in the MVP conversation for but the I, Jets. Well, what I'm saying is I think he will. Yes. It, it, it's, will. it's interesting because remember Dak Prescott got MVP votes his rookie year. Why? Because the Cowboys were a four-win team the year before. Tony Romo had gotten hurt. Right, right. They yeah. you turned into a 13-3 and team. Nobody expected That matters, it. too. It matters. That's yeah. why he got MVP votes. Yeah. Derek Carr got MVP votes because he went 12-3. and three. Yep. It matters. If you are good yeah. and people are like, oh, wow, your team ain't been good in a while, and now you good, that matters. But they got yep. the, And they got the longest playoff drought, too, that, that, in sports. It'll sports get you right votes. Yeah. I don't know if it'll get them a W, though. Well, speaking of historical playoff droughts, though it had been cleared and hit the reset button, the Browns will forever be a team Uh-oh. that is shy of the playoffs. Uh-oh. But since Deshaun Watson is there and money is there, now them expectations are high. What makes for a successful season in Cleveland? That's next on Speak. Yeah. How's it going? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Deshaun Watson kind of hiding under the radar a little bit. Went three and three as a Brown starter last season. Threw seven touchdowns, five interceptions. But September marks the start of Watson's first full season in Cleveland. And one of his teammates says he's seen encouraging signs this offseason. Greg Newsom said, quote, I didn't expect him to come straight back and be Superman, but Watson is back to his old self, close quote. His old self led the league in passing touchdowns before. His old self has been to the playoffs, but his old self ain't won that many playoff games. Mm. Joy, what would constitute a successful season for Deshaun Watson? Anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is a failure for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> y'all fit y'all fan her. She hot right there. Yeah, I fan her. It's about to get hot. It's about to get hot. Or, or we could do this also. We could not mention any expectations for Jalen Hurts because he's been paid. Right. We could not mention any expectations for Dak because he's been paid. No expectations for Lamar Jackson because he's been paid. It's cool. We just can't mention anyone else's money when we talk about what the expectations for their performances should be. Because Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Guaranteed. Every owner in the league not named the Haslam's. And set the standard for every other contract. And if he doesn't do well, all the other owners will use his contract and his situation as an example of why they're not going to give their franchise quarterback $230 million guaranteed. So if it's not make it to the Super Bowl, why else did you give him $230 million guaranteed? Now, to be clear, I don't think they're anywhere near the Super Bowl. I don't think they're near the AFC championship game. I don't think the Browns are going to win their division. But that should be the standard based off of what he's paid, or we all have to stop talking about everyone else's money. Can't have it, but can't have it both ways. Now, last year we gave him a pass, as we should have, because he, wasn't, he didn't come back until week 12. Nobody had real, any kind of expectation that he was going to come in after having that much time off and just run the table. That wasn't going to happen, and, and that's fine. Now he's had a whole offseason. That team is loaded with talent. He's got talent at every position. He's got a former coach of the year. And he's been paid $230 million guaranteed. If you have the most guaranteed money of anybody at your position and you reset the market the way that you did, how can the standard not be, not what will actually happen, not what we realistically think should happen, Hmm. but what should the standard be for someone who is paid $230 million guaranteed at the quarterback position, if not Super Bowl? It's a passionate take. It is. Phenomenal take. I don't agree with it, but I love listening to it. Um, Success for me would be winning a playoff game. You have to equal your personal best individually, and you have to equal your personal best as a team. Mm -hmm. I always think about times, again, y'all know my favorite sport is track and field. If you switch coaches, even if you're the best ever, your first year, it might not be great. But what is a sign of success? Am I as good as I have ever been? Mm -hmm. As good as Deshaun has ever been is winning one playoff game that was with Houston. Mm -hmm. As good as the Browns has ever been in the last 23 years is winning one playoff game that was with Baker. So success to me is being as good as you have ever been. Can you equal your personal best? Because now we can grow from it. Usually you have to take a step back to go a couple steps forward. Last year, the Browns took a step back. Now the question is, can they catapult themselves forward? I believe if he wins a playoff game, then he's equaling his individual personal best, equaling his collective personal best. From there, you can grow. There's a phenomenal point to be had about how much money Deshaun Watson is getting guaranteed. I do believe that is a brilliant point. But I also suggest he's not the highest paid quarterback this year. So he's not even going to be the highest paid quarterback over the last five years. There will be no time period where Deshaun Watson will have earned the most amount of money. Now, he's making a lot of money, so he does need to have success. But I'm always using how much money are you making and what are the situation that you're in, who's your coach, all of those things to categorize what would be successful for Deshaun. You have to win, in my mind, a playoff game. You don't want a playoff game, but you make it to the playoffs. They're indifferent. You don't make it to the playoffs, they're upset. You win a playoff game, you get bounced divisional, yeah. You win anything more than that, they're ecstatic. I mean, if the Browns win two playoff games, good Ooh. Lord, I can't tell you how happy they would be. Remember, I was drafted to be Cleveland, historical. so I know those fan base. Quite literally. They might actually just give themselves a banner. Quite literally, you have to go to 1989. They lost to the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game. That's the last time they went to a championship game, and I think it's the only time they went to a championship I'll game. I'll say this, and that was some great takes from both you guys. I mean... Jordan came out real hot with the whole, woo, like fire. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. For success for me, with the, for Deshaun Watson, 
it would be winning the, the division, hmm. right? That's a tough division. Yeah, Memphis is a tough, tough division. Three winning teams last yep. year, right? And the only one that wasn't a winning team was them. Last year, I don't take that as a real gear for him, right? Week 12, we know how good he was. He was terrible last year. He was trying to get his, his feet back underneath him. But if you look at the, all, all the stats, right? So first of all, 1989 is the last time they won their division, mm. right? So you pay him $230 million, right? You got to see these players around him. The playoffs, anything can happen, right? I mean, you saying Super Bowl is hard to do, but hey, they pay him a lot of money. He should get there eventually. Mm. I'm going to say for this year going forward, win your division. Uh, the last man had a winning record. It's been like the last, what, 15 years, one time. Last mm. 15 years. Baker Mayfield. You see what I'm saying? So, like, for us to really look at, like, success for him and the team is like, yo, go win your division. You haven't done it in so long. Hmm. We haven't seen the Browns have a winning season once in the last 15 years. Yeah. I don't know. They've been in one playoff game in, what, 28 years? Yeah. Come on. Like, like all these numbers we're talking about, is like, yo, it's like, dang. It's crazy. Like, wow. They've been bad, bad. They've been bad, 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 bad. Yeah. So, for me, Deshaun, we in division. I'm going to split the difference. I, I do believe that there has to be some individual success there for him to justify the money. And there has to be team success because, and to answer Joy's question about like, why did they pay him all that money? Because they're the Cleveland Browns and that go, that has multiple levels. Like <laughs> the Cleveland Browns would spend that much guaranteed money to go get a quarterback, but also because of the Cleveland Browns quarterback history and they saw him on the market and they were like, finally, we can get a quarterback that we know is legit. Right? So let's pay whatever we have to in order to get that. I think he's got to go for at least 4,000 yards passing. That's not his high. I think 4,800 is his high. But that would be a step, a big step in the right direction. Four to one, TD to assist, uh, or uh, TD to uh, turnover. Interception. Uh, interception uh, ratio. That, to me, is, is, again, not top of the line, but it would be a step in the right direction. And then it's, I don't, winning the division, that's going to be a, brutal dis, a, a division so for me it's getting to the playoffs and ideally winning a playoff game because let's get, let's also keep in mind they did this because they were able to make the playoffs with baker mayfield correct but that wasn't enough like they thought we're yeah. better than that and a little bit like denver going to get russell wilson this is just the piece that is missing to make us as good as we think we can be. Did they think they were Super Bowl contenders? They did. Prior? Okay. With, ba- with Baker, when you have Stefanski, you went 11-5. and five. You beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, four turnovers on offense, if I'm not mistaken, right. in that game. Yeah. The only reason you go get Deshaun is because you think all we need is a quarterback. And they would be right to have thought that. Hmm. But that was a different AFC. Right. Like, that was before yeah. Joe Burrow had proven who he was. So – are, are we just doing what the expectations should be based off of us being, like, super realistic and nice and, like, what the Browns historically are and, like, the division is hard and it's the AFC? Or are we, like, are we keeping it real? Because I just don't want to hear whoa, about whoa, what whoa, the expectations whoa, are whoa, for anyone else. Because cause we're, all, we're making all these concessions for what the expectations should be. But when we will immediately bring up what else someone else has been paid, what their situations are and their expectations based off the talent that they have around them and then what the team has done for them. We're probably going to do it in, 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 this week. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying it's fine if like if doing exactly what Baker Mayfield did is the expectation for someone that you're paying two hundred and thirty million dollars for. I'm sorry, I can't take that seriously. Like but Baker Mayfield won a playoff game for the for the Browns ag- within the last five years. You got to do better than that. Acknowledging who the Cleveland Browns have been and what a rock that is to move it, I think is keeping it real. No, I like I, I think Joy makes a great point. I would just take it the next layer in the sense that even when the Browns won that playoff game with Baker Mayfield, Burrow was not yet Burrow. Allen was not yet peak Allen. The Dolphins were the laughing stock of everything. Um, the Patriots, was Tom Brady still there? Shady, you would have to remind me, and you might be able to remind me, uh, was still there. Like, the AFC was not this AFC. So to win a playoff game now, Joy, and you know this, Shady, we all know this is, you'd have to beat Rodgers, Tua, and the Dolphins, Brady, excuse me, Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, for Deshaun to win a playoff game, Burrow, he knocking off a dog. So, so well, aren't just, you compensated uh, appropriately for those expectations? Like, how does anyone in the league have more pressure at that position than someone who got $230 million guaranteed? I we would, talk about what people's expectations are all the time after they got paid. All, all of those players were, I would assume, are making as much, if not more, than Deshaun 
Come on now. We know the guaranteed money is the point and, and the sticking point for all these contracts. Let's, it let's is. Not, let's not but, be silly. But, but we know quarterbacks' contracts, unless you suck, are guaranteed. Yeah. Mahomes is going to see as much as all 450, if not more. Rodgers is going to see all of Then why do they support. argue for it in the, in the, they, they, they they argue bread, for it in the contract? They, argue, they do. Most quarterbacks is good. They get all their bread. But it's the reason why they be fighting for it. I want 230 million dollars guaranteed. I don't want to even play around with nothing else. Why do they, 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 they argue for it in the contract? If we're going to get it, but why are we going to argue for so it? That, well, I said division is a success for me is because when you play a team twice a year, nine times out of ten, or I don't say nine times, but majority of the time, you may split, mm -hmm. right? And I think I'm so familiar with the Steelers. I'm so familiar with the, with, with the Bengals. Even though they're good, I'm familiar with them. And, and if you're a good team, you should be able to, if you can beat them and win that division, it'd be excellent. But we're talking about winning a playoff game. They only won one playoff in the last 28 years. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield did it. So if you're Deshaun Watson, you're one of the, you're one the, of the, the quarterbacks. Easier. Not easier, but better. I feel it, means me. it means more. It means more. It means more, right, right. AFC going to be hard, though, anyway. I mean, hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of pressure, talking what? pressure, okay. I don't know if there's a coach with more pressure on him this year than Cowboys oh, head coach Mike go. McCarthy. Hey. I would suggest McCarthy is the exclusive individual carrying the burden of pressure for the Cowboys this year. That's next I on. I wouldn't want to be him. Who's that other guy in the picture? Okay, welcome back to Speak. Here is the biggest error I have made when talking about the Dallas Cowboys. It's saying that we already know who Dak is because that's an indictment, a massive indictment on Mike McCarthy. Coaches are supposed to make players better, right? I think about it. I talk about Matthew Stafford. When he joined up with Sean McVay, we thought we knew who Stafford was. We were wrong because Stafford all of a sudden became a Super Bowl champ, tied his career high with wins. Tua Tungabailoa, two years into his career, we knew who Tua was, right? Wrong. Mike McDaniel showed up, and all of a sudden, Tua Tungabailoa led the NFL as it pertained to passer rating, and y'all saw what he did in minimal time. 25 passing touchdowns, Daniel Jones, we were sure who he was. But Brian Dayball showed up, and we were wrong once again. 3,200 passing yards, not even counting his 700 rushing yards. He had 15 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions. So quite literally, the pressure is on Mike McCarthy when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is thrown for 4,800 yards without Mike McCarthy calling plays. Well, what will Dak Prescott, what can Dak Prescott do when Mike McCarthy shows up? I suggest, I submit, it's all on Mike McCarthy to take the Cowboys and Dak Prescott over the hump. Shady, you're a very passionate speaker when you talk about Dak, passionate speaker when you talk about McCarthy. Is all the pressure on McCarthy this season? <laughs> passionate? That's, That's one way to describe it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say yes, all the pressure's on McCarthy. I mean, besides, like, let's say he does a great job coaching, right? Great defense, what we've been seeing, top five defense. You know, seven pro bowlers that do well. And then their quarterback just throws these picks like he's known to do. He don't get no blame for it. We don't blame Dak Prescott. We never do. We're going to find somebody else to blame, and it's going to be McCarthy. So I think all the pressure is on McCarthy. Mm. I mean, truly, like, they, they add on to the defense that was already a top-notch top, top -notch defense, mm -hmm. right? They're bringing um, um, my, my boy Stephon Gilmore. Right, they're on the offense. I thought they were a solid offense with, with great skill players. And then they, they add a number two that's really, really good, and Brandon Cooks. So it's like, what else do they really need? But the cool thing is that I want to talk about is that not only you got rid of Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore, right, as the office coordinator, now you're the office coordinator. Yep. What are you going to do differently? Because I thought that he, Moore was really, really good. So a lot of pressure is because of we always going to find an scapegoat when it comes to Dak Prescott. He's going to play like he plays in the primetime game, in the playoffs. Over and over again, that's going to happen. And then I want to see how, he, how the <laughs> offense works. How the offense works now, now that he's the offense coordinator. But, Shady, you know this quote. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. You are either coaching it or you are letting it happen. My favorite quote that I have heard from a coach in the sport of football. Mike McCarthy, if that keeps throwing these picks, that tells me he's either coaching that or he's allowing it to happen. There are no bad students, only bad teachers, I've heard. There are no bad kids, only bad parents, I've also heard. Don't know why I pointed at both of y'all. Mm. So with that being said, I want to see Dak take that step because, Joy, if he doesn't, that to me says more about McCarthy than it actually oh. says about Dak. It's some badass kids. No, that's sure? a bad kid. <laughs> Yo, now. Hold on, hold on now. I could call some right yeah, now. He's bad as hell. It's like teachers got a hard job. All right, yeah. they ain't allowed to do nothing no well, more. And his dad is they a, can't is, yell. Is, yeah, like they good kids, good parents, yeah. but kids bad. Give me some bad kids. <laughs> I'm crazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think all the pressure is on Mike McCarthy, though. I, I agree with Shady's 
they're not going to blame it on Dak. Now, I think if you they never do. if you have reached the point where you no longer think Dak is really capable of winning prime the big big game and making it to the Super Bowl, which I am at that point, I think that's fair. But Mike McCarthy's in the, the situation where we know who's Toast to blame to now. You Toast know, to that. I'm okay. at that. I've been at. That I, point. I wasn't always there. I'm at that point. But with great power comes great responsibility. You're calling the plays now. So Mike McCarthy has put himself in a position where we know who to blame if the offense doesn't look right, mm-hmm. right? Because we know what Dak's capable of. Yes. He can put up big numbers. We know what Dak's capable of. He can blow the big game. But what is it going to look like with McCarthy? And, I mean, you look at that, that roster. I don't even want to say on paper because we saw them play last year. Yes. That was a Super Bowl-level right. roster. Yes. Yeah, they are. They are. Like, they blew it because mm-hmm. that, that was a team that could have gone all the way. If they weren't the Cowboys. Here's my thing, though, Slick, is like two of Dak's most egregious errors. Niners last year, that was egregious. Mm-hmm. Niners the year before, the QB mm-hmm. sneak. Right, right, right. Uh, not a QB sneak, QB draw. draw. I would also blame that on coaching. Mm-hmm. Coaching, you rehearse things. Shady, you know this offensively. I know this defensively. Friday practice, Thursday practice. You rehearse two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. You tell your quarterback, hey, in this position, you need a slide. Not only that, you tell him in the headset. I used to wear the green dot. You yep, tell him in the headset, yep. hey, don't forego the extra five yards. Get down. So though we criticize Dak Prescott, guilty, I am we, we criticize Dak Prescott, I could just as easily say, hey, that's on McCarthy. That's on Moore. Practice that. If you see a quarterback making an error over and over, that's on the coach. That's on the quarterback. Slick, where are you staying? Well, when it comes, I agree with you on that part. But when it comes to the pressure on Mike McCarthy, I don't think it's on him alone. And I think this is unique with the Dallas Cowboys. If we were talking about another organization for where they are and everything that they have, then I would say that all of it rests on the head coach. But Jason Garrett was there for 10 seasons. Sure. Mm. And he had eight different quarterbacks. Mm. Like, the Dallas Cowboys are more likely to stay with a head coach that they know will take the bullets for them and that is not going to ruffle the feathers and it's not, you know, it's – that Jimmy Johnson must have done a number on Jerry Jones because he was like, I'm never dealing with that again. Look, I would suggest, what's though, happened? Garrett to me is the outlier. Again, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, wait, Jason Garrett was there for a long time. Ten years. Then I quite ten literally, years. He was there for 10, nine yeah. and a half. Yeah. But doing the research, Wade Phillips, three and a half. Bill Parcells, four. Dave Campo, three. Chan Gailey, two. Barry Switzer, four. Jimmy Johnson, five. Garrett was the outlier, and those that are close to the Cowboys know Garrett was a Cowboy. He backed mm-hmm. up eight men. Right, like, right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. You right. know, Jerry loves people that he loves. He gives too yeah. much grace to. Yeah. McCarthy, to me, ain't that. And Jerry's already made, like, little jokes and comments. McCarthy is not one of Jerry's little adopted figurative sons. Like, so, if McCarthy okay, don't show okay, up, okay. who gets to blame then? But, but who you going to blame? Dak. Because, look. I, I look, don't why, see no, I don't never why, see. I'm the only person on the TV that blames Dak. But why are we, why, mm. why are they changing? Why is Mike McCarthy taking over? And what did he say he was going to do in taking over? He's running the damn ball. Is we're going to run the ball. We're going to take more off of Dak's plate. But here's the reality. Dak is still making $40 million a year. You better pass. And they can Rock. play conservative. But if he doesn't come up with the big play when they need it. Correct. Then. It's going to be on Dak. It's not going to be, oh, Mike shouldn't have, like, whatever. They yeah. won't do it. They won't do it, Slick. They're going to ask me to do it. Shady, people walk up to me on the streets. Hey, tell Shady stop talking bad about my cat. Every, yo, everywhere I go, that's the first thing they say. They say, yo, Shady, leave Dak alone. I say, hold up, hold up. If you had name one position that's the worst that's holding him back, you know what they all say? What they say? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Coming swear. up. <laughs> Rumors are twirl- twirling around. Damian Lillard, superstar guard for the Blazers. But his future is up in the air. We got to discuss it. Should Portland stop holding him hostage? Let the man go. That's next on Speed. Let my people go. So my chair is acting crazy. Yeah, it is. Family, we've got to check in on our social life because drama's building in the NBA. Now, remember, the NBA draft, it has come and gone, and now Dame Lillard is still a trailblazer. But this weekend, seven-time All-Star filmed himself smiling and laughing on Instagram Live while listening to the Will Smith hit, Miami. Lillard's agent quickly rebuked any connection between the song choice and a potential Miami trade, saying, quote, the music was uh, just a coincidence, close quote. Thank you, think it's a coincidence. I believe nothing happens by accident. <laughs> of all the times that he could take in a visio, and obviously he's having a good time, but 
Come on now, you're telling me he didn't know what was playing when he took the video and then posted the video? Like, the he whole process? He was on live, he was on live, he didn't post it. Uh, oh, it was live, yeah. okay. It was live, it was live. Now, I do wonder. Live, he was in a club. Still, you think I wonder, he like went to the DJ like, yo, play Will Smith. You know, I guarantee he didn't say that, Will Smith, Joy. Miami. I guarantee, no. he didn't say that. No. It depends, when did he go on live? Because if he Several went on like songs after, were playing beforehand, yeah. I, I, I did not. I didn't. I was on on this live, <laughs> but several other songs played while it, he was on. But it wasn't him. It was a sign from God. A sign from God. Yeah. Yo, yo, look, damn. Look. So that's not a coincidence. I'm trying to tell you. It was look, a message. Coincidence. I know you lure you. Get out of there. Could put the Miami yeah. stuff in there. He, he's trying I'm to let him know. Nothing happens yeah. by accident. What if the nightmares would have come on? See what I'm saying? Come to Philly. Come to Philly, this baby. This is what we do. Because he's gonna be there. <laughs> Kevin Hart gonna be there. McMill gonna be there. Come on now. This is what we do with MB any type of NBA possible star moving. Everything is a breadcrumb. Yep. Everybody oh, yeah. turn into oh, yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes. Well, but let's be. I mean, Damien has mentioned Miami as a destination. Well, it's a great what destination. Are, what are the chances that the DJ like knew what was? What was okay, we doing too much. Oh, no, no, no. Lo- I will say this Everyone's, about Dame. Uh, once a week we do too much. No, too but Dame, but Lokito. Dang, do be playing and flirting with it, though. He do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, where should I go? Nah, I ain't yeah. going nowhere. Like, he be playing with it on winking. Twitter. He be 100%. winking at it, yeah. boy. He yeah. be winking. He be flipping ahead. He be winking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He do be doing that. Joy, if Dane were to go somewhere, where would you want to see him? <laughs> he be, like, he be liking three of the pictures. He do. He might not be uh-huh. in you. But three might but he not, might like three of your three, pictures in, three, in a row. If three is, is that how people flirt with you guys? Not only three pictures. Look, look. And the three pictures was like... Five Weeks months ago. ago. Yes. You yes. know, you know, they got slit. They got slit. Yeah. What that? they'll do is they'll comment a number, but they'll put two one, they'll put like two one four on a picture from like ten weeks ago. Then they'll put like three eight nine on a picture from like two weeks ago. And then they'll put like seven one four five on a picture from like a day ago. So when it shows up on your joint, you just see the number in chronological order. What are you but to anybody about? else who just checks the photos, they'll just randomly see like a number. Yes. That's how they be flirting. Who? Them. Who is them? Oh, you got stalkers, dog. I don't get that. I actually do. You got stalkers. And mine might be like, we're going to like your picture from like six, seven months ago. I get too many likes to f- f- follow all this. Yeah, man. I guess this is how this works for you guys. Hey, what she look like. You can keep track. Now I'm just playing. I'm messing around. Where the hell did we just go? I don't know. I we, we, we want to be real deep. All this is stalkers. I just said they be winking and they be. Acho. No, you did a lot more than that. Great, great. Take it. You killed it. What I do is go like pictures and then I drop parts of my phone number randomly into comments. I'm joking, Shady. I don't do anything. <laughs> I, sh- I show up is what I do. I walk in the room. Shady, she be having some crazy, you know what I mean? The other day was the was the uh the tattoo thing. No. Oh, yeah. so, the but, tramp stamp. Uh, tramp stamp. Okay, listen, Dave, you should come to Miami. I don't know where we went. On By the way, I, I meant to ask you, you said you had three tattoos. You told us one. I have one on my hand right here. Look at Slick. There you go. Yeah. See? Yeah. And then uh, I don't even know the other one. Recent. I have one on my foot. And then I have a, another location that is generally we don't concealed. That we don't need to know. Anyway, I think Dave should, I think Dave should is that come the Miami to Miami. Miami. No, no, that's, that's, that's Nelly. Nelly. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Miami. Will Smith was the... Uh, Welcome to Miami. Ah. Welcome to Miami. Here's my thing. Shady, if Shady, if you thought that was a sign from God, yeah. what would have happened if, like, George Strait's Amarillo by Morning was playing? Who's that? Oh, my God. Who's that? Wow. Why would George Strait Why would you think playing? he didn't know George Strait if he, he didn't, didn't know, know George Strait? That's his real name, George Strait. Know George Strait. But why would, he, why would that be playing in the club? I'm just saying, like, uh, Drake remixed it, so clearly it's crossed over. Oh, you got a song with Drake? No, Drake had a line from it. <laughs> it's crossed uh, It's crossed over. What's, what's, the, what's the Drake line um, with, the, with the Amarillo ball? You want to shoot with me in the gym? No, you that wasn't sh- it. <laughs> oh, what's the, what's oh. the George Strait? No, look, when we come back from this commercial break, I'm going to tell you all the Drake, George Strait, George Strait Amarillo bar. Come back, guys. Yeah, please. We're going we to <laughs> wherever you guys might have gone. <laughs> Does Jordan straight rap? Does he, does he sing? <laughs> uh. <laughs>